morning, Tim. Good to talk with you. Uh, first off, the Georgia Truckers Association. I suppose I suppose it's kind of intuitive, but you tell me, who are you folks and what do you do? Well, we represent the trucking companies here in the state of Georgia. Most of them are based here, um, but also uh, the larger firms that operate here. Uh, we we cover the waterfront, uh, even though we're truckers, but no, uh, everyone from UPS down to a a single person operating a single truck. Uh, and it's a membership-based organization, so we uh, work to benefit our members, and we, we do a lot of government affairs work and a lot of best practices, a lot of networking for the industry. All right. Well, let's talk about problems. Uh, and, and these are problems that are manifest, you, you, me anyway, as a customer, as a consumer. I notice when I go to the store and I see the empty shelves, there's things that didn't get unloaded from a truck. Whether they got unloaded from a ship or not, I don't know. But let's talk about the problem and then maybe get around to discussing some potential solutions here. First off, you heard what Mike Collins there said, and he's in the trucking business. So I said, yeah, this didn't start yesterday. This didn't start last month. This started years ago. What What's he talking about there? Well, full disclosure, Mike and his family have been members for years. Um, and yes, he's exactly right. Um, trucking's had this issue for years of always trying to find uh, folk. But the supply chains have had issues for years. And it's usually been the truckers that have covered up for everybody else. Uh, you know, if a factory can't take a delivery at the right time, it's the truckers who sit and wait. If a shipment's not ready to go at the right time, it's the truckers who, sh- who sit and wait and then make up the difference for everyone. Um, the trucking industry's always been the elasticity in the supply chain that keeps it looking smooth. Uh, but the issues have always been there. It's always been tough to get drivers, and it's always been hard to keep things flowing smoothly. And it's always been truckers who fixed it for everybody. Well, let's talk about first, then, the issue of truck drivers. Now, understand, and everything is kind of acute now. Everybody is having trouble finding workers. I I don't know the last time I went into a restaurant and didn't see a sign on the door about wanting help. So everybody is looking for help. But let's talk about the situation specifically as relates to the trucking industry. Ed Crowell, president of the Georgia Truckers Association. Why is it so hard to find truck drivers? Well, a couple of reasons, Um, one of which is the pandemic. It convinced a lot of people to retire a little earlier than they would have. And truck drivers, by and large, are a little older than average. There's a number of reasons for that, but a little older than the average workforce. So when people started retiring more quickly, trucking took a little bit more of that. Uh, We had more truck drivers retire than normal. And we weren't able or haven't yet been able to bring in more than normal into the industry. So um, so we've got a we had a shortage to start with. And now it's a larger shortage than it was. What is and I've, I've, I've wondered about this over the years. Never known. I've known a few truck drivers over the years. What is, for lack of a better way to ask the question, what is the business model for a truck driver? And I understand there, there are differences. I, I Maybe I own my truck and that puts me in a different category. Maybe I don't. And that puts me over here. What is essentially? the business model for a truck driver? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'll try to give you a short answer because there's so many different kinds of trucking. Uh, There's trucking where you're out making the same route every day and you're home every night, and that'll be one business business model, usually an hourly employee or someone who owns the route and works as what we call an owner-operator, an independent business person that that does that. Mm -hmm. The long-haul truck driver, the one they make the movies about, is usually paid by the mile. And so uh, they're out running from one point to another, and that that point-to-point will change um, day in and day out or week in and week out 
as they make deliveries and pick up additional loads. Um, mm-hmm. So you've got a variety of different business models there. Okay, so um, I, I'm that long-haul trucker. I, I, I'm going to Virginia on this trip. I'm going to come home, then I'm going to Nebraska on my next trip, and that, that's another business model entirely. Right. And in terms of fuel cost and adding to the problem, the myriad of problems that you folks face, uh, y'all are right there at ground zero for fuel cost, and, and that adds to the cost of everything else we buy, does it not? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Fuel is normally the second most expensive part of trucking after the employee, after after the driver cost, and sometimes it jumps up to being the most, you know, the the most expensive part of the industry. Um, the volatility is a problem too, uh, and again, truckers usually cover for everyone else. For the most part, when fuel goes up some, the trucker doesn't get to pass that cost onto the to its uh, you know client, and then it doesn't get passed onto the consumer. The trucking company just eats the cost. We can only do that for so long before those costs have to be passed on down the line and end up in the consumer and hitting them in the pocket. And we're getting to that point now. Fuel has gone up dramatically in the last few months, as have a lot of other costs. Yeah, Ed Kroll, the president of the Georgia Truckers Association. Let's talk for a moment specifically about what's going on down there on the coast, the ports. Now, as I understand it, you still have cargo ships sitting off the coast. I think it's more acute on the west coast, California, but still an issue off the coast of Georgia. So at some point, those ships are going to get in, we assume, and they're going to get offloaded. And that's only part of the problem or part of the supply chain. It's the first link in the supply chain. Then we have to get it on the trucks. we got to get the trucks from point A to point B and get that stuff onto the storage shelves. I gather there is a specific problem as relates to federal regulation there, and that has to do with the younger truck drivers who, in some cases, what is it, under the age of 21, can't cross state lines. They can drive from one end of the state to the other, but they can't cross, say, from, I don't know, Savannah over into South Carolina and deliver goods there. Yeah, you you got that exactly right. Um, You know, government does a lot of things that don't make sense. This is one of the biggest so at 18 years old, you can drive a tractor trailer on the highway, in the city, anywhere inside a state. Um, you know, as you said, you can go from the, from the bottom of California to the top of California, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles. But you can't cross a state line or you can't be involved in interstate commerce, which often is interpreted to mean you can't take a load that's destined eventually to go across a state line, even if you're not part of that process. It makes no sense if an 18 or 19 or 20 year old can drive safely through downtown Atlanta, and they can and they do every day. Um, the idea that they can't go across from you know Columbus to Phoenix City, Alabama, or Augusta to North Augusta, it, it just makes no sense. Um, you know, and it's one of those things that also makes it hard to get truck drivers because for a lot of people, 18, 19, 20 years old, if they can't become truck drivers, they go find something else to do. And then we never get them into mm. the profession. What's the? And I know there's probably a hundred different answers here, but generally speaking, Ed Kroll, Georgia Truckers Association, what is the learning curve for being a truck driver? I want to start today and and in some period of time, uh, learn to drive a, a a long haul truck. What am I looking at? What's the learning curve? Well, I'll tell you. I, I have to give a shout out to the state technical colleges because they do one of the best jobs of training folk. It's about a nine week process. There are also private schools that can do it more quickly if the students can spend, you know, all day, every day in that class. Um, And they do a great job as well. It's a combination of classroom learning because there are a lot of rules and regulations, a lot of safety regulations that people really need to grasp 
and follow to you know stay safe out on the roadway. And then there's the skills training side of it as well. So there's an awful lot of hands-on practice driving the truck and all the different scenarios of moving the truck safely on the highway and in loading dock and terminal areas as well. So you're looking at anywhere from six to nine weeks to get a great education and have a great career ahead of you. And you're telling me again, Ed Kroll, best place to start might be in our technical college system. Yeah, I, the Georgia Technical Colleges do a wonderful job with the truck driving, um, you know, with CDL training, um, better than a lot of states. And really, it's a it's a great place for a student to get a, a look at it and get in there. And Georgia offers a lot of scholarships. Um, hmm. I think one tech uh, school person said the total cost to a student in Georgia could be as low as three or $400. Wow. Ed Kroll, quickly, where, where's the Georgia Truckers Association? Where do we find you guys online? Well, we're the Georgia Motor Trucking Association. You can find us at gmta.org. GMTA, Georgia Motor Truckers Association. Georgia, gmta.org, was it? Yep, gmta.org. Uh, uh, Ed Kroll, thank you so much for your time this morning. A lot of insight there. We'll talk again soon. Appreciate you being with us today. Thanks, Tim. Good to talk with you.